Meet me on the softer side. Meet me on the softer side. Softer side of your heart. Hi there, and welcome to the Skylight Books author reading series. You can find out about this and all of our other author events at www.skylightbooks.com, where you can also browse our inventory as well as order books online. You can also follow us on Twitter or even be our friend at Facebook.com. If you'd like to talk to a real person, we can be reached at 323-660-1175. And don't forget, Skylight Books depends on listeners like you to help support us. So whether you're in our neighborhood or browsing online, buy a book or two to help ensure that we'll be around for a long, long time. Thanks and enjoy. Um, I wanted to introduce you to uh, uh, one of Los Feliz's uh, historical artists, one a, a, a great artist of the city of LA, a photographer, a director, who's now doing her fourth book for Chronicle Books after uh, doing books on Elliot Smith, um, The White Stripes, Death Cab for Cutie, and now her collection of photographs uh, of Beck. Um, Autumn the Wild, who uh, is from Los Feliz, is local from this area, is one of the iconic photographers of LA and uh, she is the person that you think of when you think rock photography in LA. Uh, she's fantastic, she's a great artist and we're really, really happy to be um, to be doing this event. She also did a series of uh, interviews with Beck uh, that are part of the book that are some of the best uh, writing about Beck's music and about his career that I've read and like you know way way better if she if she ever decides to quit the the visual arts she has a job as one of the greatest music journalists so uh, you really want to look at the other written part of the book too because it's great so um, she's gonna talk about her project and you're gonna get to see some of the photos and then you get to check out the book and drink some wine there so ladies and gentlemen Autumn the Wild Wow, I love that introduction. I was last week. I really needed to hear that speech. Um, thanks, you guys, so much for coming. Um, I just wanted to know how many photographers were in the audience. Okay, good. So we can all nerd out together. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't talking to the wrong people. Um, I'm here to talk about my book, which is 15 years of photographs that. Um, uh, I've taken of Beck, you know, which doesn't necessarily mean that I photographed every record or everything that he did, and by no means was I possessive of his image, but um, I thought since there were luckily some photographers in the audience, I should also talk about the process of gaining the trust of an artist and um, and kind of interfering with their private life in the way that I did with Beck. Um, and uh, so, you know, what happened with Beck was semi-accidental. I think uh, I, my father taught me how to shoot, and I was in no way pursuing photography. But it was something in my family that we did. Uh, we photographed uh, our friends. And that was really the most important thing to me. Um, and, uh, and I photographed what was around me because my father had photographed what was going on around him in the 60s. And so um, 
so that was how I began, and um, it was Beck, actually, who turned to me one day and said, you know, you should really stop saying that you're not really a photographer, because I think that you are. And, um, and, and I'm very grateful, actually, that he gave me that confidence so many years ago to pursue it. Um, and a number of artists did, but I, it wasn't, uh, I think the thing that I wanted to bring up to young photographers is that, um, that doesn't mean that he gave me a job right away. And I think that it doesn't mean that I was networking. I think it's really important to remember that you should be photographing the things that are important to you that you want to remember when you're old. Uh, and, uh, and regardless, regardless of anyone cares. And I think that's how I started, is I was shooting the things that I wanted to remember, and I was shooting the people that I wanted to communicate to and tell them how beautiful I thought that they were, or how crazy I thought they were, or how much they pissed me off. You know, I was doing that through photos, and I think that no matter what you're doing to make a living, you should always be doing that. Because when you're old, you'll be looking through those photos, or your kid will be looking through those boxes of photos like I did. And uh, what I did when I was bored was go into the garage and look through my dad's photos of his friends. And, uh, and I think that that was some of the best instruction I ever got. Um, because it was a bar that was set for me to... I guess I, I guess, I guess by looking at my father's photographs, I was able to, I felt like I was able to imagine what it was like to be there in the 60s. And I think that's all in the, originally I wanted to do was, if something special happened, I wanted my friends to, who weren't there to, to understand what happened by looking at that photo. Um, so, uh, originally my, my work with Beck was, was uh, an invitation like, oh, well, I'm doing this video. Uh, Willie Nelson's going to be there if you want to shoot. Uh, come on down. I took two rolls, and luckily the photos came out. And uh, that was the first photo that I had printed in Rolling Stone, which was like this big. But it was, I probably won't ever be as excited about a photo as I was about that one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because... Because I wasn't expecting it, it was very exciting. And I'm a little concerned with the internet, not because I haven't embraced it. Uh, I do shoot mostly film. Um, and I'm not here to sort of say the 90s were better, or any of the generations before that. But uh, I, I'm a little, I have to say, I'm a little concerned that I think photographers are judging the merit of their photographs by how many notes are on their Tumblr blog. And, um, you know, and I, I think, uh, I want to make sure that although that is a, I, I pr fully participate in that process, but I am checking myself and making sure that I don't judge the success of a photo by how many people have responded to it. Because I think that whatever you're doing, you should be building a collection of things that you will value later. And that is not necessarily what people value now. And I think a great photographer is a great editor. You really don't, you really, I really don't feel like, um, I really don't feel like great photography is just a great eye, uh, personally. I think it's a great editor. 
and that either is a relationship you develop with someone else or something that you do to your own work and I think what you cut out is as important as what you put in um, so that's uh, that's kind of mostly what I came here to say and I'd, I'd love to if there's anyone that has questions uh, I could expand on things but I'm sort of more interested to ask you what you if there's any questions you have sure how does being an artist use the internet? Because um, I know a lot of us feel like we should be putting ourselves out there, but yeah. should we put out there? Should we share ourselves? I, th I think it's an interesting question. I'm exploring it myself. I have a Tumblr blog, and, and I've just recently started to Twitter, which I'm not totally convinced is worthwhile. But um, I think that I'm, I'm trying to use... I can only speak from personally because I really I don't want to. Um, besides all the judgments I cast uh, over the last few minutes, I, I really I think everyone finds their own way, you know. And uh, but I think I'm you. I'm trying to use my Tumblr blog more like a magazine. I'm trying to choose a photo that I think goes well because of the last photo I posted. And I'm really trying not to. Uh, I'm I'm really trying. I've like any human, I think is excited by attention. I, I'm like, whoa, there's 4,000 people have responded to this. But you know, it's usually a photo I think that is so generic that it mutates into everybody else's Tumblr title. You know, it's like it's like everyone's got these titles and they need the photo that goes with it, and those are that's their magazine. You know, so I don't think it means it's the best photo. Some people respond a lot because it's a famous person. You know, I think uh, I think that uh, I really like the inspiration I get from seeing how people are editing things together, and I'm definitely like into just like unfollowing anyone that's a bad editor <laughs> because it's like clogs up my system. You know, but I, I think that you do have to put your stuff out there. It doesn't always have to be on the internet, but I think it should be. But I think you should make sure that you're saying something, even if it's abstract, uh, which is actually something that I really learned a lot from Beck, or perhaps we inspired each other, um, as we would start with an idea and it would mutate. So I didn't really come in with I came in with a, a skeleton of just in case the shit hits a fan, I have these things we're going to do. But everything, everything we did was an idea that I was willing to walk away from. And, uh, and there was a lot of improv between us. I, I feel like it was, it's my responsibility to, to create the structure, which I think is the same, I think the same set of rules apply on the internet. You know, it's your responsibility as an artist to create the structure that means something to you. And when you're ready to change that structure, you change it. But I don't know that you should always change it based on public reaction. If that makes sense. Oh, Jerry. <laughs> um, another thing, since Jerry raised her fist in the air, she, uh, Jerry Hyden designed my book and has designed the white stripes and the 
Death Cabin, this one. And, uh, and um, Glenn, who's in the audience there, designed all the type for this book, um, which is so beautiful. But, um, and I'm very lucky to work with really talented artists. And um, what Jerry has done with me is we've created, I do feel like I'm a good editor, but um, editing a book is a monster. And editing a book of 15 years worth of photos, or even with the white stripes, it was two weeks, but it was all—it felt like a lifetime. So much happened. So developing relationships with people that can wake you up out of your stupor, I think, and um, help direct your story, and call you when you're indulging in your own personal experience, which can be a problem, I think. Um, and Jerry is one of those people that has, you know, I really I feel is a real partner creatively. Um, and I think developing those relationships over time as an artist is um, a really valuable thing. If you can find mentors, even if they're great friends of yours, and people, not necessarily to bow to, but to um, people you respect that can help wake you up out of your stupor. Because I think we're drowning in photos, and especially, you know, I shoot film, so uh, I'm drowning in photos in a different way than someone who is shooting digital. Someone shooting digital is, is drowning in digital files, you know, and um, there's nothing to put away. So um, that doesn't make it less valid, but I think it makes, I do think that you have to be very careful in editing your work. Um, one of the things that uh, one of the things that things that Jerry helps me with when we're doing a book is is helping me decide when to expand on a moment, like when, for instance, when I sort of give a a fantasy scenario for Beck to enter into, and he play acts, you know, he becomes this person. And so at some points in the book, we animated those moments, which is where the long series is of the, almost the same photo happening. But, you know, having Jerry there to, to stop it before it became a boring book is really important. <laughs> so <laughs> I think the relationships you build as artists is, is, is as important as your own eye, if, as long as the, those don't become destructive ones, I guess. Well, that builds a different kind of art, so <laughs> who am I to say? But um, I don't know, is there anyone else that has a question? Is there an artist out there you're dying to work with? Oh, I feel like I always blank at that question. I, well, okay, I, I, I'll answer it with this, in that I started with rock and roll because I fell into it, and I'll always love it, but um, I then was wanted to make sure that I could prove that the way I document, and which includes portraits of artists for me, um, uh, wasn't exclusive to music. So then I met by accident Rodarte, and uh, spoke to them for five minutes. No one had seen their clothes. And I was like, whatever you want me to do, I will shoot it because I was completely obsessed with them as people. I was like, whatever it is, it's going to be an interesting process. That worked out to be a long-term project that's still ongoing. Um, and... Uh, uh, look, maybe a film soon, and and uh, probably have to. It, it feels like volumes of books, but you know, like it will get trimmed down to one, I bet. But um, 
So lately, because I've invested so much in fashion in these two girls, I have felt, uh, female artists that I really admire, I felt, well, sort of obsessed with comedians right now. Uh, and then I, you know, I, then I'm obsessed with British actors that are well trained and I want to do a book on, you know, all of the classically trained actors in England, you know, so I, I think like, I pictured, a long time ago I decided I was going to picture everything like it was going to be a book, um, so that I could tell what was missing in the book, so it doesn't really matter whether or not it becomes a book to me. I'm very lucky that I've gotten to make these, but, so to answer your question, I guess it would be, for some reason I'm obsessed with comedians right now, male and female, old and young, and I have this fantasy that I'll be making a book about them, but it, it doesn't, you know. I think I love, pe I, def I love people who are doing something interesting, so I'll probably have a lot of books that will never get made in my head, but keeps me busy at night. Um, is there anything else? Oh, yeah. When you get your film back, do you tend to personally gravitate towards like, the photos that you meticulously planned, or is it the ones that just like, whoops, that happened? Uh, I don't play favorites. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, uh, when I first started directing videos, I, I, I've been working with the same editor for a long time. Uh, his name is Mickey Wolf at Big Sky Edit, and I, um, I said, oh, I wish you could be there because he'd become a creative force in my decision making. I call him before I made the video and say, I was thinking about doing this, and he's make sure you get that. And he said, Oh no, 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 I should never be there because you're going to fall in love with the moment and I'm going to tell you it's not magical. And I think that um, I look at my film and know that I don't know shit and then I'm going to have to look at it again tomorrow and see what rises to the top and I try not, I really try and I think it will always be hard, I really try not to get um, to fall too in love with how magical the moment was because it sometimes doesn't translate. And I think it's really important to remember that what you wanted a photo to be doesn't always happen and you shouldn't shouldn't show that photo if it didn't happen. You know, so I guess that's kind of my answer. Yeah, you had a question? You said that you fell into that you know, how did that happen? Well, because they were all so cute and <laughs> I had nothing to do. Uh, when I wasn't working to pay my rent and a lot of those people were in bands and uh, the, there's a longer story to that which is I wanted to be a ballet dancer and then I became six foot two and 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 then uh, I wanted I was like well the stage so then I studied theater and I was like I don't really like being around actors that much. I like telling them what to do, but I don't really like being around them all the time. And then uh, I started hanging out with some friends that were in a band, and I loved taking pictures of them performing because I loved them. You know, they were my friends, and I wanted, and nobody cared about their music, and I wanted them to know I cared, so I took pictures. And, and it wasn't always boyfriends, to clarify. So, um, because I, I think that you should uh, shoot more boys than you sleep with, but um, uh, especially if you want them to have you come back to take more pictures. So be very careful, girls. Um, uh, 
and um, I, I'll admit, I was on Lollapalooza in 95 doing really bad political theater. And the script was so bad that I refused to do it. And Beck and his girlfriend at the time were kind enough to let me sit on their air-conditioned bus because I got heat stroke and then I got left at a truck stop in Boonville, Missouri. <laughs> so <laughs> it really, really was very much by accident. And, that, and then the next day I was the tall girl. Like, are you that tall girl that got left at the truck stop? So I really, I met that time at Pavement and brown, Blonde Redhead. And <laughs> so it really, really was by accident. And I took two roles on that trip which I could just kill myself for only taking two rolls. Um, and Beck really liked those photos that I took. I took four pictures of him. One of them is the beginning of the book, um, of him watching pavement, actually. Um, and, um, you know, it started from there. And, that, and, and mostly just I was, you know, I wasn't just focused on... You know, I grew up in L.A., so I grew up around some famous people and some not famous people, so I wasn't so distracted by it that it was the most important thing to me, which is a godsend, because I, I was not obsessed with just photographing Beck. You know, and at the time, Odile was about to come out, and he was about to become a, a really big star. So, I, I'm 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 grateful that it wasn't the most important thing in my life because I think I really experimented, and that's an important thing to do. I think as a young photographer, I photographed a lot of people, a lot of my friends, and I think because of that, I can build a story around a time period that was very special to me. So, I don't know. Um, well, because I started out shooting people I was either intimate with or was um, in admiration of and felt a closeness to because of that, I decided that it was a really important thing for me to try to do whether I knew the person or not. So I am very intensely tried to bond without freaking the person out before we shoot. I'm pretty insistent on spending some time with them before, and it's gotten easier as I've gotten... I, the nice thing about the, where I am now is that if I say I won't shoot unless we meet, I, I, luckily I can demand that, you know. Um, as far as commercial work, I show up to do the job I've been told to do, but at the end of the day, I think the, the most important thing in all of my photography is sincerity. And if I can't control the creative vision, then I try at least to find it in the eyes. You know, I gotta pay my bills and everybody does. And I believe in hard work and I can't always control the art and I'm lucky that, no, actually I don't believe in luck. I have worked very hard to make sure that I'm creating art that I'm proud of, whether it's a famous person or not. And so I think, you know, you, it's, it's not appropriate to turn a commercial project into your art project if it's not the right place for it and you'll just be disappointed. So the art in intimacy in the eyes is enough for me in those instances. And I save my exploration for, I think, the, the times when I am in con more in control, if that answers your question. Process of uh, the change uh, 
<laughs> well, the process in detail was that I had quit photography and I was designing wedding invitations. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not paying my bills, screw this, forget it. And then my daughter uh, was, I don't remember how old she was at the time, but I was like, I just gotta pay my rent. You know, I was like, I was surrounded by artists that were too precious to flip a burger, and I was like, forget, this is crazy. Like, you know, I'm not that type of artist. I don't wanna be a baby. So I, somehow I ended up doing letterpress wedding invitations. <laughs> And then Beck called and said, hey, do you want to come over and do some photos next week? And, you know, I really had only documented Beck up until that point. And I had documented the making mutations, but I hadn't been asked to do portraits before by him. I had done the Elliot Smith figure eight and stuff, but this was something we hadn't done together. So I remember I was like, sure, of course, yeah, I would love that. You know, and I hung up the phone and I was like, wait. Should I, I mean, like real photos? Like, should I get an assistant? Or, and I was sitting at my little desk with like all this like fancy paper from France, and I'm like, should I, should I go alone? Should I, should I hire? And back at the time, it was like I could never, if I hung up, I could never get a hold of him again because it was some random phone he was calling. Like, oh my God, what have I done? Like, I have no idea what I'm supposed to do. And I just took a chance and I found an assistant. I was only able to get one day off of work <laughs> the day of the shoot. And he said, he had said to come to his house. I brought Georgie Douglas, a, a groomer that I loved working with. And I was like, you know, I guess if it's awkward, I'll tell you guys to leave. I don't know what he means, you know. And I had one light. And we basically shot everything. No, we're not there right now, but uh, we shot all the publicity photos against this one wall in his house. He moved the couch, put the couch back in. This, uh, this poster cover. Actually, it's one of the photos we shot on the couch against the same wall. The sea change cover was shot against. Um, I I told some I asked someone to rent out and get me some cherries and some nectarines, and I was really trying to mix it up, you know. <laughs> to make, once I realized it was a real photo shoot, I wasn't totally prepared for. Um, and you know, and Beck had gone through a pretty intense breakup with someone who had been my best friend at the time, and and I was going through a breakup, and so I think, you know, that day I really kind I kind of feel like that cover is special because we were talking about something really intimate at the moment, you know. I just, I remember that those, that, those couple roles was where we were sort of, we were bonding over kind of what we'd been through. How did it go from the, uh, you know, the, the photo that you took to what the final Oh, well, Jeremy Blake, uh, who's not with us anymore, uh, is the one that actually picked what happened was I took the photos and I didn't know what the deal was going to be and then the, you know a manager at the time called me up and said you know we love these photos they didn't say what it was for and I was still kind of like well, sure cool great you know and they sent me a tag like awesome I'm glad you don't hate them you know and <laughs> and then Beck called one day and he's like he's like oh I'm doing this show do you want to come shoot it he's like oh have you seen the cover I was like no 
what cover? Your cover? Cool. And he's like, yeah, it's your photo. And I was like, what? <laughs> he's like, oh, I forgot to tell you. And there's four. Yeah, Jeremy Blake did these amazing covers. You know, there were so many we couldn't decide, so we made four covers. And I, I that night I went to go look at them. They were already printed. So it was Jeremy, I had to thank, for picking that photo because he had proof sheets from two different photo shoots, mine and someone else's, and he picked mine. So uh, another semi-lucky break. Uh, I guess, I don't, know if, I don't know if I should talk more or if we should all party. <laughs> yeah. It happens to be a really good visual artist. So oh, yeah. Does it make a difference when you work with a musician who is very interested in visual art? It, it does. And I, 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 I'm actually glad you asked me that because I work with a lot of different type of artists and I try to identify what their strengths are. Some great artists, their strengths are not visual. And that's where I have to step up and take control. With Beck, um, he is... He very much... He looks around at what you've put there, and he just he decides how he can make it come to life. I don't know that he thinks that through so well, but that's what he does: is he he makes everything make sense. And so, knowing that, uh, especially after the sea change period where there was a lot of accidental stuff that happened, I started to figure out that if I brought a bunch of stuff that I had sort of thought through, he would pick what he thought was the best of it and create a scenario. And I think that for him and I, probably a through line to our work is uh, everything, I, I like everything to look like he woke up um, out of a dream and found himself somewhere, not commenting on it. I think I find that I have better sense. It's, I like that kind of humor more than commenting on the moment. And he is very good at that. Um, so uh, for him, I think I bring a lot of freedom and a lot of props and, and options. For someone else, I think it might stress them out and I bring a limited number of options and I take complete charge. You know, I, I kind of respect whatever you know, if I'm hired to make a record come to life visually, it's my responsibility to do it in a way that I think serves. I, I'll, I'll start again and just say that I think that the music should remind you of the photos, and the photos should remind you of the music. And that's how I feel. And, I, and so I, I try to make creative decisions as if that artist made them. They just haven't yet. So, um, I don't know. I guess we should all have some wine. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming. <laughs>